This is the podcast where we talk real ministry for real people. And today I am joined by my new, very awesome friend, Vince Pieri. Uh, he is a kids pastor at High Point Church in Madison, Wisconsin, and he is the creator of a brand new album, which we're going to jump into. But I want to say welcome, Vince. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for being on. Thank you so much for having me. So excited yeah. to be here. <laughs> this is awesome. Um, and I'm really excited to hear all about this new album that you have. Uh, we're going to get into that. But first, would you just be able to tell everyone um, a little bit about yourself, how you even came to faith and how you got involved in kids ministry? Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's see. So I grew up in a Christian family. Very conservative, like almost Amish. You guys are the Amish in Canada? Yeah, yeah. We're aware of the term. Okay. <laughs> okay. So there's parts of our in Canada that are Amish. Okay. They don't say they're Amish, but they don't have electricity or anything. It's crazy. Okay. Gotcha. So maybe there's some Amish people listening on someone else's technology. Yes. This maybe is no offense to the Amish. And we weren't even Amish. But okay. um very small church, no instruments allowed in worship. We only sang the Psalms a cappella. All the women wore head coverings. There wasn't a rule that you had to homeschool, but basically everybody homeschooled. And so that was just kind of what I grew up with and what I knew. Um, my parents lived really crazy lives before they came to faith. And so when they came to faith, they were like, we want to try to keep our children as far away from all the bad stuff that we were into as we can. Um, as I got a little older, they loosened up a little bit, eventually started going to public school and like a non-denominational church that would be just like a middle of the road, kind of evangelical church. And uh, started, started um, well, over time, I started getting into all the things that they had <laughs> kept me in the conservative Christian bubble to try to spare me from. So uh, those decisions were obviously all my own. And from about senior year of high school, this is interesting. You were kind of sharing this before we got on the recording that you had a similar right. story as well. But yeah. from senior year of high school until I was about 23, just went the way of the world. <laughs> I still would have said I believed in God and Jesus and all that, but didn't really have any kind of relationship and um, wasn't living as a Christian in terms of my lifestyle. And oh. then... Uh, when I was 23, I was at home. I was starting to kick around the Christianity stuff, and I was um, starting to see if I could work on changing some of the behaviors that I had gotten myself caught up in. And it's all the kind of standard stuff you picture with someone in their early 20s who isn't really walking with Jesus. Um, and as I had been working on those things before this particular moment, I found I couldn't really change. I was stuck in uh, it. Hmm. And I was very frustrated and felt um, increasingly more like a hypocrite because I would tell people I believed in Jesus, but I was doing stuff that I knew didn't align with what Scripture taught. And so I had about six months before that kind of made the decision to be completely done with church and just completely do my own thing. Um, and then I was sitting in my parents' living room and had what I would call now um, an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Hmm. I didn't have a grid for that at the time. Right. Um, didn't, wasn't part of a church where that was talked about, but I felt 
uh, very strongly that the presence of God came into the room and I was uh, weeping really intensely and, and felt um, connection. And it, it, in that moment, it was like all the stuff I had grown up believing and would ascribe to move from my head to my heart. That's like a cliche wow. thing people say, but that's really what it was wow. uh, for me. And I would have told anybody, yeah, when you become a Christian, you receive forgiveness. And then out of that new identity in Christ, you change and grow and overcome sin and become sanctified. But I didn't get that in my heart. I felt like I have to clean up before I'm accepted by God. Mm -hmm. And I had that all switched in the moment. And um, interestingly, and this also often happens, that provided a huge um, catalyst to actually change once I had that realization. And a lot of the temptation for the stuff I had been into just kind of disappeared. Wow. And then a couple of days later, met up with a pastor who I didn't really know. And he learned about my story and kind of discipled me for the next uh, about a year and a half. And that was kind of the beginning wow. of walking with the Lord again. That's amazing. It's, it's so it kind of breaks my heart because th that is how so many people feel about the church. You know, it's often the joke is, oh, I can't walk in there. I'll bust into flames. Yeah. You know, yes. you hear that all the time. And people, I think most people don't feel bad about what they do, but they think, oh, in that standard of church, I wouldn't belong. I, I am too bad to be received by that. And you know, that sounds like kind of what you're going through. And that, yeah, it really saddens me that, you know, cause I want to say I'm worse than you, like, and I'm part of the church because right. I've done anything better. It's because of Jesus. And Amen. Uh, yeah, so that's, that's awesome. So then you got discipled, um, mm -hmm. by this guy and then, and then what happened next and, and then what also led you to kids ministry? Yeah. So, um, he discipled me for a year and a half. He was a worship pastor he uh, eventually uh, moved away and I actually took over his role as the worship director of this really small church and started yeah. seminary at the same time. So I was doing the worship thing part-time and then doing seminary. Uh, grew a lot in my relationship with God and also in learning about how to do ministry. And then after that, I moved to Madison where I am now. And I started at Madison in the church in Madison, High Point Church, also as the worship guy. And um, about a year into the job, this is kind of the fun story of how I got into kids ministry because I had never thought about kids ministry, <laughs> never even considered it. And in fact, actually the first year and a half I was at High Point, the kids ministry job for at least a year of that I was open. Somebody had left and they right. hadn't found anyone to fill it. And it never even occurred to me that that might be a good fit for me. Um, but I was the worship guy during that time. I got um, offered a job at another church as a teaching pastor. Mm. And um, in the long run, I um, am expecting that God will probably move me into like a lead pastor role. So right. this seemed like a really good next step towards that, getting out of worship ministry and into a more leadership role in a church that was reaching a lot of people. Um, and the leadership at the church I was at um, supported me going there to do it. They were they were cheering me on to do it. So I signed the paperwork, was planning on going to work at this church. And in between the six months of when I took the job and when I was supposed to start at this other church, it fell through. Oh, wow. 
as well during that six months, High Point Church hired a worship director to replace me. Oh man. So then, you know, I'm fresh out of seminary. I had been I had planned to go be a teaching pastor at this really vibrant church, um, kind of like a holy grail kind of post seminary right. job. And to I had no job and no plan and was starting to date someone who's now my wife. And I was like, man, I don't know what's going to happen. So um, during this time, I was just looking for stuff to keep myself afloat. Right. And so I ended up getting a gig as the speaker at an elementary-aged Christian camp. Right. I had never ministered to kids before. I had no, no one was like preaching to me, like they can really get the gospel. I was just like, what is this going to be? And I right. knew very little about the camp. I'm, I'm booked to be there for a week. And I, all I know is it's a Christian camp for third through fifth graders. I get right. there to discover it is a third through fifth grade Christian camp, but it is only girls and it's an equestrian <laughs> camp. <laughs> so they're all there to ride horses all week, and I'm. And you have zero speaker. horse stories in your no sermons. Horse stories. <laughs> I've never ridden a horse, and there's only twelve kids there. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> so I'm sitting down in this circle. Like I thought I was going to be the camp speaker, but I'm sitting down in a circle of twelve third through fifth grade girls, all from different churches who don't know each other and i'm like lord you must just be mad at me for something <laughs> wow um ended up speaking at this camp a few weeks and mostly because i was bored this is showing my own sin yeah. i was like i'm just gonna try some crazy stuff i'm just gonna see if they can really get it so I um, started approaching ministering to them the same way I would approach ministering to adults. And obviously, you, still using language that would get on their level, but I tried right. to stay in the mindset of, let's just assume the Holy Spirit that lives in me lives in them. Hmm. And if Jesus said um, that you can't even come into the kingdom unless you have faith like a child— Let's assume that children are eligible to have childlike faith. Right. You know, we think, well, I don't know if a kid can really get it. But then Jesus said, you need to have childlike faith. And we think, well, I don't know if kids can really have childlike faith. That's Makes backwards. no sense. Yeah. So um, I started getting into that mindset and saw God just do amazing things at this camp. A um, bunch of kids because the camp ended up being, there was other activities there over the weeks and there was, um, there was some nominal and non-Christian kids who came because of the activities. So there were some real genuine conversions. There was some, um, kids encountering the Holy spirit in some supernatural ways. Some healings happened. There was kids, um, reading the Bible on their own in the free time in their free time for the first time. Wow. for each other in their free time. Um, this is bad ministry practice, but I would preach for like 
45 minutes and they'd be <laughs> totally engaged. I didn't even know what I was doing, but I was just so excited to see all that God was doing and they were getting excited wow. about what God was doing. And um, it was just really, really powerful time for me and for the kids there. And uh, then shortly after that, when I got back, I ended up going on this mission trip to Ghana with another very kind of Holy Spirit oriented group. Um, and I saw little kids doing ministry in the jungle, you know, in the bush of Ghana, completely on fire for God, casting demons out of people, wow. seeing God heal people through kids, laying hands on people. And um, I was like, man, this is the real deal. Yeah. So meanwhile, that position is still open wow. at High Point Church. And it felt like God had just been preparing me to kind of step into that role. So I ended up, High Point ended up rehiring me as the kids director. And now it's been um, three years since I've been there. What a wild story. Thanks so much for sharing that. Um, yeah, thanks yeah. for listening. Yeah, that is a crazy, I think there's something I think as kids ministry people, we believe that and we say that in something, but there's another thing to experience it on a whole nother level in two radical ways in which you did speak at camp and going on a missions trip. Um, so I hope that's a testament to everyone listening that, you know, maybe if you haven't experienced in your context, it is happening in the world. And there's been tons of stories that other people have. And, you know, if you're faithful, you know, things are going to happen or, you know, kids have a long, you know, there's preschool ministry, then elementary, then high school, then junior high, you know, somewhere along that journey, you know, God can move and, and kids can, can accept Jesus and know him fully in some context. So that's Amen. cool. Yeah. Totally. So then this next thing, which I do want to spend more time talking about because it's exciting, relevant, and amazing, is this album. So yes. you've been working at uh, High Point. You you start doing kids ministry. And then what happens? What kind of spurs this idea to do this project? Yeah. So um, before I was walking with Jesus, I tried to be a professional musician for like okay. many years wrote songs, right. recorded, played in bands, toured a little bit. And all of that really had to die when I started walking with Jesus because it was very much about me and my own glory and whatever. And God really pulled me out of doing any kind of music stuff for a long time. Um, but then I started doing kids ministry. And it's, you know, we got a little narrow window of time every Sunday. And you're trying to get stuff to stick in their minds. And so, you know, we're getting curriculum from third party people and they've got a teaching point every Sunday that they say a bunch of times, but it never gets said again right. on a later Sunday. So the first album, we actually did an album before this album called yeah. Truth Pillars. And we um, wrote down like 12 teaching points that could be said over and over and over again. They all rhymed. And every Sunday, we with, alongside the Bible story, there was a truth pillar, basically like a sermon prop. Right. If you're in the preaching world, um, yeah. And then we wrote a song for each truth pillar. So our first album we released was called Truth Pillars, and I didn't know if kids would like it or not. And within a couple of weeks, they knew every single 
truth pillar and then we also this each song was the truth pillar as the chorus and then the corresponding bible verse as the verse of the song right and they memorized all the bible verses in a couple uh, weeks and i was it hit me so hard that music is so powerful in helping kids memorize a lot of content at once right wow so then the next year um, people were like, you should do another album. And I was like, I don't want to do another album. We just did an album. I don't want right. to say, oh, we're just going to make an album every year. Um, <laughs> but then I realized there was a, another really big need that I would, you, and I'm sure you've seen this too. Kids leave fifth grade. And if you say, tell me the story of, um, you know, Moses crossing the Red Sea, they can tell you. If yeah. you say, um, tell me the story of, uh, you know, David and Goliath, they can tell you. They know all the stories, but they have no concept of how they all fit together. Like if you said, mm. who lived first, David or Moses, they would have right. no idea. Yeah, They might know Adam and Eve right at the beginning, but right. they don't know how all the stories, they don't know the order of the stories, they don't know the relationship of the stories to each other, they don't know how those stories point to Jesus, and they definitely have no clue where the stories are in the Bible, like in the table of contents. Right. So when you say, hey, fifth grade, go start reading your Bible, they open it up, they look at the table of contents, and they go, I don't know where anything is. Right. I, what are all these? Okay, I don't know any of these names. There's all these names of books. I don't know where any of the stories that I already know are in there. Um, so I said, what if we made an album that kind of skimmed over all the stories, explained how they all connected to each other, and referenced the books of the Bible that each story is found in right? with the end goal that if they know the words to the album, they can open their Bible, look at the table of contents and go, Samuel, I know where that is. Right. I know the stories around Samuel, Ruth. I know where that is. Um, you know, Exodus, all, all of that stuff. And they can put all the pieces together. The end goal really is that they are, um, reading the Bible on their own and it feels accessible and not like this enormous book that's totally inaccessible. That is so cool. And I love it. You know, even the album, it's like this giant musical and, and each song, each track has this different feel to it. And that's why I loved when listening to it. And it literally just made me think of these different musicals and this one's intense and this one's kind of softer and yeah and i just pictured and it really even as i was listening to it it made me feel like okay the bible has these different themes and this story of god has different aspects to it and it just brought books of the bible to life and and s stories that i know well right you know, on. It's like, ooh, it kind of made me think and feel the, that's the biggest thing is feel like I was kind of in the story. And yeah. it's like when I'm reading that now, oh, I can picture that music. That's right. kind of, oh, this is a little intense, like do, 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 you know, whatever it is. <laughs> yes. Um, so I love this. And I'm just, this is why creatives exist and you're a creative and I'm not. Mm. And, um, <laughs> and, and I'm so glad that God's gifted different parts of the body because the way that you thought, okay, let's think of a creative way, a tool, and use this this part for music, which all kids have, and kids can memorize lyrics so well. I don't know what it is about it, 
and you know and they're singing songs on the radio top 40 it's like well let's just give them this thing and now this is a tool that they have in their heart and that is going to actually help them read the bible down the road and i guarantee in 20 30 40 50 years you know because that's what we do in kids ministry hey remember that song we sang remember this song and i didn't grow up and you maybe you don't know them as well you didn't grow up but i'm like i have no idea i don't know that song yes you know so that is so cool this creative process um that you went through thank you and and let's just say it now just so if people are excited to hear it what's the album where can they find it you know uh you know, yeah. What are all the details around that? Yeah. The Bible org is the hub of everything. The actual CD is called the greatest story ever told, but that was like, we didn't want to um, tag everything with the greatest story ever told. Cause that's kind of nondescript. But if right. you go to the Bible org, it is um, links to everything there. You can get it on iTunes. You can get it on all the um, various music streaming platforms you can order a physical copy, but I picked not the greatest third-party person to house the CDs, and they right. only will let me send them a limited amount at a time. So it's the physical copies have been pretty much constantly sold out since okay. um sent it because they're like, send us 20, and then like two days later, they're sold out. Right. Um, if you have iTunes or something, you can get it on iTunes, or you can watch very closely for the physical copy thing to... <laughs> to be available for a little that's awesome so that's if people want to pause this right now i just i listened on spotify and you went and did that and that was great yep um so tell us what's it been like so you release this album obviously with your first album uh truth pillars there was a huge great response um and you really saw that with your kids at, at high point right and and then you release this what's that been like for your kids and other people too yeah. as well oh my goodness it's been so encouraging one of the biggest surprises has been parents and college students liking it as much as the kids and parents <laughs> saying oh i finally figured out how the whole bible fits together from listening yeah. to this which that's great an unexpected side benefit but yeah like the first sunday after we released it i came in to Sunday school and I happened to be in a room with some second and third graders and we walked through the whole um, first song and they knew every word of the whole first song already, which is the first song is the first 12 chapters of Genesis. So they knew the order of the creation events. They knew, um, you know, the Tower of Babel and Job being in that part of the story. They knew all that stuff already the first week just from that first song. So. I've seen that a bunch. I've heard lots of stories of kids who are reading the Bible on their own for the first time because they've, as they're singing the Bible story in macro form, they're like, I want to read this. I want to find it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been, it's been, it feels like it's accomplishing what we hoped it would accomplish. Yeah. Um, we actually, I don't know if you saw this or not. We actually did a musical version of it. Okay. Um, that's also on the Bible.org. You can watch the live musical there's, oh, I did not see that. Yeah, yeah. I'm watch um, that now, though. Yeah, yeah. So check it out. Uh, there's another. There's a Christian school who's going to be putting on the musical. We've we've probably sold about a thousand copies at our church, and our church is like 700 people. 
So there's, <laughs> there's lots of people that are just buying lots of copies and giving them to family and friends. Yeah. And um, some different churches, I think, have started using it a little bit in their curriculum. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been interesting because I mean, I am a kids pastor. I don't have the um, capacity at the moment to like start a full time company. You right. know, it feels like something that could turn into a curriculum company or um, something. You know, to try to get it out brought to a broader audience. And so right. I'm hoping and. And I should be praying more that somebody comes along and says, Hey, I can take this to the next level. You know, maybe that already is in the kids curriculum business or. Right. So, yeah. That well, sense? hopefully someone's listening. If yeah. you know, yeah, reach out. We'll yes. put your, your Instagram in the show notes and all that. Yeah. You can reach email, out. Yeah. That'd be great. That'd yeah. be great. Um, so how have you, now you've kind of feel like, I feel there's people out there who are listening and they're just like, if kids just knew their Bible and, and now you have kind of reached that you've reached this platform of, mm-hmm. you know, okay, kids have this foundation, obviously new kids are coming and mm-hmm. some kids don't care, but a lot of the kids are coming now, as you look to the next year, is that changing your mindset about how you're going to teach? Like yeah. what curriculum are you going to use? Um, what is just your outlook on the goals of kids learning? Has it like, has it changed? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I would say we have been largely, so we're writing our own curriculum now to accompany this and we're right we're doing that through the year. Like we don't have it all done yet. We're writing it kind of as we go. Um, so I've still been kind of tunnel vision, like in this Bible album world, I've had a few ideas for the future and trying to think through what's the next best thing for the kids. But I don't feel like I have a lot of clarity yet. I've thought, I've thought of, you know, maybe we <laughs> maybe we do like a, another album. I don't know. You know, like how many times can you do the album thing? But I thought maybe it would be helpful if they had in their brains um, some of like the bigger theological words, mm. justification, sanctification, atonement, you know. Um, if, they had a, if they had memorized some terms and definitions, um, they might not totally – totally grasp it fully but as they get older and they already have that in their head it'll kind of time release later right you know but that might be more of a song than an album so i don't know that's a really good question that's get me got me thinking which is important (laughs) well awesome well we'd be praying that that happens because hopefully come up with something really good then release that and then everyone else can use it yeah absolutely but that's an amazing first step. And that's one of our goals at uh, my church. And what we talk about is, you know, just knowing the foundation of what the Bible is. That's a goal for just kids at the end of, you know, kids 
yet when you go into youth, you'd be able to know the Bible, know those places. Yeah. And it's like, this is just a tool. It's like, well, yeah. hang, hand this out and listen to this and talk about this and this will make it happen. So what an amazing resource yeah, for thank people. You. Thank you. Yeah. It's been very, it's been really fun, really encouraging. That's great. Is there any um, advice or things if people are looking to use this, if they want to um, incorporate that somehow, yeah. any advice you could give them or encouragement or yeah, warnings? Yeah. I think that the easiest way I would think to incorporate it into something you're already doing is um, we're also making music videos of kids acting out each song along to oh. the music. So that also gives kids a visual reference point. So those are still being created. We're kind of doing those as we go as well. We're on the fifth music video we just released right now, which is the book of judges. Um, so once those are all done, probably the best thing, like, let's say whatever curriculum you're using, whenever you're on, like, let's say you're on, um, you know, whatever Solomon, to just do your normal teaching, whatever you've planned, but then play the song that has Solomon in it. Mm. And likely if you hit, you know, David, Saul, Solomon, you're if you're go if you're on a curriculum, which most curriculums are where you're going through the Bible over the course of a year, right. your stories are gonna be grouped together roughly the way the album works out anyways. So you can just, you know, give if you wanted to give the families the C D, you could do that. Um, but even if you wanted to just play the music videos alongside of whatever story you're on as you go through the year, I think that would help kids just connect the dots um, and learn how the stories fit together. Amazing. That's great. Um, yeah. Anything else you want to share about it? I don't want to cut you off or no, no, no. You know, if there's things you want to say. No, I think... Um, um, yeah, it's still relatively small. So I'm excited when I get emails from people um, that want to use it or want to incorporate it. So anybody listening, um, you will get a real response from me um, with any questions you have or resources. We've given uh, uh, we've given a couple of churches, like a bunch of copies, like just at cost for them mm -hmm. to distribute to families that really want to like, make it a core part of what they're doing amazing so yeah reach out and and we'll chat awesome that's great okay so this is kids ministry real talk but we end with well i'm trying to end with some real talk questions so yeah. i didn't tell you i was going to do that but okay, i have no three questions for you okay um and the first one is what excites you every morning about kids ministry what just like those days where you're like, I'm tired. I don't want to do that. What's that one thought that's just like, this is okay. You know, I'm, that gives me a little bit of boost to keep going. Yeah. The most motivating thing for me is knowing there is a lot of kids, no matter what kind of church you're at, there are going to be kids in the room on Sunday that that 60 to 90 minutes is their only connection to Jesus. Mm -hmm. either their parents don't believe or their parents haven't yet started making family devotions part of the rhythm and spiritual formation is happening in those kids lives every single second of every single day 
It's just not spiritual formation towards Jesus. Mm. But the world, their schools, what they listen to, what they watch, all of that is telling them who they should be, what they should believe, what matters. And for a lot of the kids in the room every week, that little window of time is the only access they have to the truth, to Jesus. And they are, you know, they say kids form their moral identities by the time they're nine or 10. So it is the most strategic window of time um, in the person's lifespan, I believe, that we have. So if I feel like it doesn't matter some days, that doesn't change reality. Wow. It still matters. Yeah. That's great. I I love that line. You know, there's formation happening, whether you're doing it or someone else is doing it. But it's happening. So we can either try to... Uh, you know, a thing that's said around our church is because is we're a little bit m- more post-religion, yeah. new age. So it's it's sometimes Christianity is looked as brainwash. Mm-hmm. And uh, the one thing I've said is, yeah, we're brainwashing them because if we're not, you are. Right. And, yeah. You know, oh, my gosh. It's so true. Right. And uh, so that's great. Awesome. Okay. Next question. Um, what is one thing that you wish wasn't a part of kids ministry? Mm. And this can be silly. This can be fun, whatever, but yeah, the hardest part for me about kids ministry is having relatively limited access to your volunteer team. Mm. We've got over a hundred volunteers we have a monthly training meeting with them. So I've got an hour a month with however many of them show up at that training meeting to keep them laser focused on the vision, inspired, motivated. I mean, I send out emails as well, but in terms of face to face with the people who are actually doing the ministry, there's just very little um, time to do that. So I wish, I wish everybody on the ground in kids ministry were people that I was meeting with one-on-one pouring into encouraging them in their own walks, um, you know, pushing them towards Jesus, pushing them towards their own steps of faith outside kids ministry. The people who make the biggest impact in kids ministry are the people that are making a big impact everywhere they go. You know, they're already in ministry in the ministry mindset in all of their life. But a lot of the people who are in kids ministry, this is their first time doing relational ministry and they just, there's a lot of just ministry tools they don't have. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hard to try to get that to them in a limited amount of time. Wow. Yeah, that's definitely a challenge for most people out there. You know, one of our most popular episodes here, most listened to is uh, how to get more volunteers. You know, it's kind of a little bit of clickbait, but it's like, mm-hmm. that's just what people are needing is how do I get more people engaged with it? So it's definitely a struggle. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, last question is, tell me about a time that you messed up in your role. We want to be humble. We want to be real. Yeah, None of us good. are perfect. So give us some of the, the Vince blooper reel. Oh, my goodness. There's so many. Um, I'll have to see if I can think of a good one. But I will, I will just, and maybe this will be a good answer. I came into the job with no parenting experience, no kids ministry experience besides those camps, no um, 
like education degree. Like a lot of kids ministry people are former teachers. Mm. So I had no clue about any of the technical things um, that go into kids ministry. Like, you know, there's like handbooks. I had no idea what was in the handbook, what should be in a handbook. So I have some support staff and they basically had to like, just baby step, walk me through how to like do all the things, what a parents need to know, what is security supposed to look like? How do you do things like, you know, check in and photo opt in opt outs. I was just completely blind to that. Uh I can't even remember. I mean, there was mistakes like constantly every day as i was trying to learn all that right just eye roll in oh big size just who is this guy (laughs) i put them through so much crap that's hilarious yes there's a lot of that um awesome thank you vince so much for talking with us could you just give us um one more time uh the the bible album and maybe where to reach out to you if they need help or just give us where can we go next steps um and then reach out yeah, the BibleAlbum.org um, is the website that's the hub of all of it. The Instagram has been one of the most things that I've been using the most to try to reach out to people. That's the hashtag is, or the handle is um, the Bible Album. My email, hopefully you can post somewhere because my name is hard to spell, but probably the best email to reach me would be VinceAPieri at gmail.com. Um, there are periods in between those, Vince period, a period, period at gmail.com. I don't think you actually need to put the periods, but I'll just say that now just in case. Um, <laughs> you can message me on Instagram as well. And uh, yeah, I really hope it's really helpful to a lot of people. Yeah, totally. Well, we will definitely uh, link all that in the the description here. So if you want to go, you can look all that. And uh, yeah, thank you, Vince, so much for being on. And uh, remember, you can follow us on Instagram at Kids Ministry Pod or email us if you want to get any more of this information, uh, kidsministrypod at gmail.com. But thank you so much for listening and tune in next time for more Kids Ministry Real Talk. The God who came to save me from my sin became a man. He lived a life I could not live and died as heaven's lamb. This has been an Extend Network production.